0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 40 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. And today we have a legend in endurance riding, Beverly Gray. She's here to share about her horses and her career, which is storied. And we have Marty Irby. He's a member of Friends of Sound Horses, and he's a lifelong horseman. This is Debbie Lauks and you're listening to The Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month. And today I have
0: my producer, Glenn, with me. How Hi, are you, Debbie.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: Good, good. Everything's great here at The Horse mm-hmm. Radio Network, and I assume all is well in California out at the ranch All's well. It's May. It's
1: it's it's going to be a wonderful May. We've got all kinds of great stuff coming up. But I'm really excited because um, May means that it starts warming up a little bit and I go on my ladies ride to the beach. Oh,
0: boy. We've been doing the show a while because I remember a couple of ladies rides.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We lived through a couple of ladies rides. Yeah, Well, I don't tell you all the details, but this one's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'll have to think about what we talked about. But the um, Montaña del Oro is near Morro Bay, California. San Luis Epispo, California, Central California, and it is amazing because they have like this tremendously large beach, maybe maybe like they have on the East Coast, but on sometimes the California coasts are kind of craggy and you don't get all that much sand. This one has huge stretch that you can lope on and it's really cool. And then they have um, these just switchback kind of trails that can go through grass or up rocks or whatever, all the way up to what they call nosebleed trail, which is as it sounds, way high up there, and you know, it's even like horse stair steps. It's all built for horses. They have pipe corrals right there, and so a bunch of Do you us. You end up pile at in.
0: Spooner's Gr- Cove,
1: and no, that's all girls.
0: So no, no, that's not no. Fun. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: pretty. But good. There, there is an old church out there. There is an old church out there, and uh, and it's in it's in a little cove, and um, it's like you know a hundred year old church, which is old out here, and they have. Um, a nice little beach ride right there too. People stop and have picnics. And so we ride our horses all the way down through there. And, you know, some things pop out at you. as a great trail ride because um we stay in a hotel at night. So, you know, we're a little civilized, but the pipe corrals are right there where you can peek out the windows and see the horses. And so that's kind of nice. And we feed and take care of them and everything. So it's almost like being at home, but you know, you don't have to do anything at home. You don't have to. And there's a restaurant right there, too. And they've got great margaritas and Mexican food. And, and it's, so it's just really fun. And it, it's the greatest way to spend time with, you know, half a dozen ladies. It, well, really it does
0: is. look like the trailheads are well done. You've got a lot of amenities at the trailheads. The only reason I know this, by the way. You're
1: looking at the map. or Yeah, something. I'm
0: looking at Google Maps. And do you know that they actually have street view all the way out to Bluff Trail parking area?
1: Oh, cool! You can yes. see it right on the website. Yes, huh? you
0: can do the street view. They've done it all the way out to the uh, coast, basically. Oh,
1: ah, yeah. it's really can you see that stretchy of the the dunes
0: there? Yeah, yep. and, and then it, I guess yeah. the, there's almost like a uh, there's almost like a Irish Irish uh, along the coast there the ledges the. Uh, the rock walls there along That's the coast. Right. Yeah. That's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. There's and and it's one of those things where you kind of the dunes get really high before you get to the beach. So you go along this big grassy, I don't know, windswept of plain kind of. And then you start to hear the roar through these little gaps in the big um, mounds of the sand dunes. And this roar is like, the horses are like, what What's is that?
2: that?
1: <laughs> 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 and then when you go through the little passes in the sand dunes, you know, it really gets loud. And that's where you know if you should turn back or you should keep going. But no, if you have some green horses, you know, it's great to go with the older horses and we, we mix it up. And then they'll go out there. And they, once they see it, it's, it's kind of like, wow, this is cool. And they get like, uh, like us, like kids, you know, <laughs> they're like, let's go play. And there, but there's this big, uh, globules of seaweed in places too. And they're kind of like, wow, that doesn't smell too good. I'm not sure about that. We'll go way around that. And then of course there's the big birds, you know, the ones that, that seems like a fifteen. 15- foot's wingspan, you know, (laughs) lifts out of the ground, this big white thing. And so it's great for the horses, you know, it's great exposure for them. Good for our hearts, you know, a lot of conditioning on the hearts and, and, um, and it's all good ground. It's all meant for horses, really. It's all good footing everywhere, even up in the mountains and everything,
0: really good footing and
1: little streams to cross and little animals and all kinds of fun stuff happens.
0: Well, I'm yes. actually looking at Google. It's funny you mentioned kids, because I'm looking at the Google Street View, and I was just dri- kind of driving down the street past that church. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, there's a whole uh, what looks like class of uh, middle schoolers that are on a ah. field trip, <laughs> and they're walking along the road, and they're all waving at the Google guy as he's going oh, by <laughs> with the camera. So it's so funny, because their faces all blurred out. But uh, they're oh, all yeah, waving and me. giving peace signs at the Google truck. Peace, so, peace, yeah.
1: Yeah that's another horse hazard right there. Yeah. That's
0: <laughs> It must be popular for school trips probably out there.
1: Maybe so. Yeah, I know. It's it's a really nice part of the country too. It's a pretty area that um you know you you can get to but it's not that easy to get to as far as Central California, you know, it's not LA, it's not San Francisco. So it's right in the middle and people should see it. It's, it's a great place to, to trailer in.
0: It says it's 8,000 acres. So it's a good
1: area. Yeah, it's huge. It is huge. You you really pick your trails by the day. So we stay several days. Uh, We'll go Wednesday through leave on Sunday because then, you know, what do you want to do today? You know, we get up like, we're like kids. It's so much fun. Yeah. With no homework though. Not a bit.
0: (laughs) That's not too far from you guys, is it?
1: No, it's like an ranch? hour, fifteen hour and fifteen with a trailer, yeah. hour and thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really fun. See, you got to come, really Glenn, cool. Jen, Jamie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and I can ride a Tennessee Walker. You have to find me a Tennessee Walker. Okay, we've got
1: one. Aha, his ah. name is Sancho. No, no, sorry, he's a Peruvian Paso. I take it back. Well, oh, that's close but enough. We, we'll, yeah. See, there you go. Close <laughs> enough. And he's been there before. He's really good. He's really good too. So we've got All one right. for you. No excuses. Uh, What's no your excuses next now? excuse?
0: Yeah. I'm
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys should get out here. I, I heard uh, Jamie talking about um, the Shepherd Ranch and that she wants to go out to the uh, to the uh, and, uh, dressage
0: trials and, and yes. some of the things that are happening yes. in the
1: San Andreas Valley, too. So I know you have two reasons That's to right. do that. That's right. Uh-huh. That's
0: right. Yep. Uh-huh. We had uh, Bunny Sexton, Sexton. On the other day. Uh-huh. Do you know her? I do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bunny Shepherd's. She can't be
0: that far from you guys down there. No,
1: she's not. Yeah. She's she's there across the valley. And uh, in fact, I went to school with her, her sister, her older sister, Wendy Shepard. So she's a little bit older than me. So well,
0: yeah, yeah. in case people don't know what we're talking about on the morning show, Horses in the Morning, we had a uh, venter, Bunny Sexton, on, who at the age of 53 just did her first uh, four-star event at Rolex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an amazing story because, you know who does yeah. that <laughs>
1: for the first time uh, not too many <laughs> the right. jumps
0: are really really big at four star level at that uh, cross country yes. there so and she runs a couple of events at her farm out near where Monty is mm-hmm.
1: uh, San Andes Valley yeah. yeah the San Andes Valley and uh, yeah they the, the San Andes Valley you know you and I've uh, talked about this a lot but how many different disciplines and, and at a high level are out there the trainers that you know are just all amazing and across the discipline so um, she's just another one that is just a great story out there. We're going to have her on too. She's going to talk a little bit about growing up out there and uh, and her influence on the uh, Pony Clubbers and really reviving them. I was going to say that.
0: We remember Bunny Sexton. when it, it was so funny because when I first saw she was at Rolex, I went, I know that name from somewhere. And Jennifer mm-hmm. said, when I'm the same age as her and we were in Pony Club together and I think <laughs> I met her at a Nationals at some point. Probably. So they were in Pony Club at the same time.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. that's true. There's, I know yeah. that um, that we, we do joke about the pony clubs a lot out there because it was they really revived that. And um, and we used to have races at Flag is Up Farms, all different kinds. Of, we had mule races. We had pony club races. We had all kinds. of And real races, too, you know, thoroughbreds, actually. Uh, but uh, I have some photos of all of us kids, uh, you know, a bunch of kids from the high schools, the two high schools and everything out there giving awards to whatever crazy breed we had <laughs> races out there at the time and uh and and the shepherd family is a big part of that and uh I, I, yeah i just really admire everything they've done and they're really hands-on and they're great mentors to kids too the kids just love they love listening to horses in the morning uh and now we've getting booked on horsemanship radio as well so yeah Yay. very incestuous very incestuous the whole breed here we go you
0: don't listen <laughs> to horses in the morning do you of course I do. You better
1: <laughs> clean up your act.
0: <laughs> I apparently said the S word the other morning, and I he- I heard from a whole bunch of listeners uh, uh, right after. I didn't even know. I said it in reference to horse poop, so uh, you know it was a good reference. Oh, that, anyway. word. Yeah, that S word. Yeah, that S word. Kidding. So uh, so uh, uh, I I wasn't too far off, I don't think.
1: Anyway. Uh, but, all right. Well, anyway, no twelve year old. I had to put money in the before. swearing pot. Oh, uh, good! You have one. I that.
0: <laughs> That's what get we're going to use for dinner when we come out to the farm there. So
1: we'll buy you dinner. You just got to put it in the gas tank. Okay. So.
0: <laughs> what do we got coming up, Debbie?
1: Okay, we have a great day. Uh, you, you're going to hear from uh, an endurance rider that you know. If you don't know her name, you don't know endurance. She's just a legend in it. And we're going to have a great guy I've known for years and years and years. In fact, I saw. Marty Irby, win a grand championship myself uh, when I was back in Tennessee, and he was on a Tennessee walking horse, and he's flat shot, and he is a horseman from, I think he's third generation horseman, we'll hear more from him, too. So let's get on with this. I want to hear from Beverly Gray.
0: Right after this word from our title sponsor, Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com.
3: Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts' Willing Partners graduate, He's a Sugar Bear. (laughs) You know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament, and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about, matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the Risk Capacity Survey at ifa.com. That's IFA as in Index Fund Advisors. Or you can call us toll-free at 888-643-3133. That's 888-643-3133.
1: Beverly Gray is a professional endurance rider. She's won many awards, not only for her riding, but how she takes care of her horses in this discipline as well. And Beverly has, for over two decades, been uh, one of the top in the endurance racing. She has so many accomplishments. You're just going to have to uh, look her up on her website. Uh, She has been selected to the United States Equestrian Endurance Team. She was the first USA rider at the 2002 World Equestrian Games in in Spain. She was... uh, 2004, the Dubai World Cup winner, a team silver winner at the 2003 Pan American Championships, first place and best condition at the Bighorn 100, and three weeks later, she finished ninth in the Tevis amazing stuff. Beverly rode um, the Sultan's Cup as a guest of the King of Malaysia. I think she did that a few times. And recently she raced at the American Endurance Ride Conference uh, National Championship 100 Finishing Reserve Champion. She has, this is it, in summation, she has over 18,500 competition miles, 350 races, and 100 wins. Welcome, Beverly Gray. You're an icon in the endurance field. I'm I'm so proud to have you on our show.
4: Oh, hi Debbie. I'm so happy to talk to you. This is so exciting. I love your horsemanship radio show, and it's uh, like a good book you don't put
1: down. <laughs> you're so all nice. Time. Well, thank you very much. We we have some wonderful horse and horsemen and women, and we've had everything on this show so far this last year, but we're pretty new, and we'd love to put more on here, more content about endurance, so I'm, I'm really happy to have someone who's been in the field for a long, long time. I, I was reading a great story about you that your first horse, Uinta... Am I saying that right? Uinta. Uinta uh-huh. um was you started off as a a Ride and Tie event. Um you you competed in Ride and Tie. You want to explain to those newbie listeners like us who don't know what a Ride and Tie is or is it Tie and Ride? Well, no, yeah. no, Ride and
4: Tie. <laughs> and they're still going on um nationwide Ride and Tie races which is mm-hmm. two runners and one horse. And uh I um you was my very first horse, so we raised her and trained her for riding tie. Yeah. We're uh, two runners. Everybody starts out at the same time, and of course, the rider gets ahead of the first runner, uh gets off at a designated spot, ties up the horse, starts running. The next but- runner comes along, your teammate, and hops on the horse and ties her up at a leapfrog. Oh my course.
1: gosh. Yeah. Leaf <laughs> Yeah.
4: And yeah, it was, I was, uh, quite a bit younger. I was going to say what year. You
1: yeah. You what, a, what a fitness routine that is. You're not only conditioning a horse, you're conditioning. Holy moly yourself too. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And the whole team and working as a team,
1: mm-hmm.
4: uh, one whole team. It's, and, uh, everybody plays an important part. It's especially the horse because it has to get through the vet checks as well. Right. So, uh you can't ride it. There's uh override it, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh there's certain parameters and specifications that you have to get through every vet check. Just like yeah. an endurance ride. Just and like that's an what got ride. me into endurance riding because it was only racing one um riding tie every year and it's just like, "Well, I need to do something else with my horse now that I got it so fit." Yeah. So, <laughs> There's an endurance ride. Maybe I'll try that. So that's where that came into play, and I've been hooked ever since.
1: You just you just you decided the horse should do more of the work (laughs) than all that running on your exactly right. (laughs) You're smart. (laughs) You're smart. So is the ride and tie sort? Is that sort of a precursor? Is that what people do sometimes? Or is ride and tie not as as prevalent as it was a few years ago?
4: Oh no, it's not as prevalent as as I think marathon running was as prevalent, which I used to do that too. So it all worked well. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the type of sport um, that just worked real well for everything mm-hmm. I was training
1: for. Well, you went, right, you went into the right thing for sure to, to, to stay in the endurance. Um, I, I was just amazed at your background. What, what year was uh, the ride and tie races? How far back or what decade did that go to?
4: Oh, goodness. Oh, Debbie. That's oh, way sorry. back in the well, <laughs> late seventies with the first oh, race yeah. in Park City, Utah. Wow. Uh and you ran up uh, a ski resort. Yeah, I mean it started at the bottom of a ski resort, Deer Valley, which
5: uh-huh. is
4: now a ski resort, but it wasn't when we first started. Oh uh doing this race and that's what you did. You started in the parking lot basically and ran ran up the mountain. <laughs> and uh um, yeah, very uh, There's terrain. no
1: air. You're, you're in Utah right now, right? Is that where you're calling yeah. from? Yeah. It's so there's no air up air. there. Yeah. <laughs> That's rare air. That's amazing. So you're, yeah. So you're training. So does that make it easier if you're training up in Utah, if that does it make it easier if you go to the lowlands, if you go to, or uh, internationally, even where you go closer to the, to the ocean lower? Well,
4: you would think uh, so, but mm-hmm. there's just uh, too many other parameters that are involved. You know, ah. to run past the horse. You know that's mm-hmm. happened
3: where yeah. the runner
4: runs past the horse that's tied to a tree that might be hidden behind a tree. Oh. And there they go, run by it. And uh,
1: <laughs> no, is <laughs> yeah. that right? Oh, we should have we should have outtakes on all the things that can go wrong and ride and tie and endurance races. <laughs> you could do yeah. a whole show on that, uh-huh. I suppose.
4: Uh-huh. But all the right things that can go right.
1: Yeah, um, good. i them quite frankly. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we we wouldn't endure. Ha ha ha. So <laughs> you, <laughs> um, I'd love to talk about just because this is our first foray. This is your first conversation on Horsemanship Radio, and I love to choose a horse that's just you know nearest and dearest to your heart. And I know that you've um, there is a great story in the famous Anglo Arabian of yours named A.A. Omner. Am I saying that right? AA A Omner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I introduced the audience that um, he raced 9,000 out of your 18,500 career miles that you've put in. And um, what I didn't say is that he became briar horse number 1139. And that's Mm -hmm. an honor. That is an amazing It is an honor. And it was a limited edition. Of course. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, they only
4: um, made 10,000 of them. Oh, that's so... he's in there with secretary at Man of War, you know, Roy Rogers Trigger. I mean, it's just like,
1: whoo, that's a
4: Hall of Fame corral there.
1: That is. So tell us about him. Tell us your career. Tell us a little bit about his his life with you.
4: Well, um, I I purchased him as a youngster and uh, we pretty much, uh, learned a lot together. He was quite a handful. I used to say, well, if I throw the saddle and it lands on his back, I guess I go riding. So, (laughs) that's how he was. I needed Monty Roberts in those days. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) um, Yeah, so we got together and uh, started doing um, some endurance riding. He really wasn't successful at riding tight because he wouldn't stop to be tied to a tree. He just kept going. (laughs) That's so great. He was not successful in that sport, but as an endurance rider, our, our horse, he was, uh, he was magnificent, you know, he covered cover fast and, and go over any terrain that was put in front of him. And, you know, so I wrote, I got him going um, as a five-year-old, but, you know, when he was about uh, uh, nine and a half or almost 10 years old, he was, he just wasn't right at a race, just. Not happy, not his u- usual booming self, mm-hmm. and he was diagnosed with uh uh cancer mm, right. um, yeah, I took him home, and we did all the tests on him, and they were like, well Bellevue, you he doesn't have much longer to live,,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
4: so why don't you just make him comfortable
1: Oh, and that's uh, yeah, uh, you don't want yeah, to hear that
4: try a lot, it yeah, was really, really hard.
1: Second opinion and, second opinion, yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, well, we did, and, did and you? we went through, you know, changed his diet and let him rest, and that was in like September, mm-hmm. and by January of that next year, you know he was beating up all of his pasture buddies uh-huh. so we were, you know, changed his diet, and
1: what did you do, I- yeah what Forrest- did you? holistic well, okay. i
4: didn't yeah, it was some holistic, and he had some acupuncture and um and uh Supplements. Real, did
5: you, did, Yeah, did all
4: you, natural products and kept uh-huh. them out on pasture and mm-hmm. let them rest and and that uh tumor um that was on his kidney uh was the size of a oh um, football. And by the time I came back in January, the vet, the same vet just said, wow, put a saddle on that horse and start riding him again because the tumor is almost gone. It's about the size of a walnut. And we did. And that's when he was 10 years old and he did his best races, Uh, you know, from 10 to 20 years old.
1: Is that right?
4: Yeah. And so I just said to myself, well... There's a message, you know, yeah. he doesn't want to give up. Yeah. He has a mission. He's a um, fighter. Here. Mm-hmm. He's a fighter. He doesn't yeah. want to give up. He has a mission here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty much when, you know, Bri- Breyer heard about him, not mm-hmm. only his Endurance Hall of Fame, you know, Horse of the Millennium with the Arabian Horse Association. I mean, he had a lot of accolades, but this one was uh
1: hardest
5: yeah. break. It yeah.
1: That but and, but but to do better even after that is the most amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And he was
4: yeah. an inspiration.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Really to to um, when this briar came out and the tag on him, you know, says how you know, he had a fight, a will to live and mm-hmm. and he recovered from cancer. You know, he was an yeah. inspiration to children with cancer. Was and he? So, Oh my gosh, yeah. that's that's something too. One yeah. little girl took him in to the hospital with her when she was being operated on. So, you know, animals are healers.
1: Oh, it's true. And, it's true. Yeah. yeah, and he must have known that. I mean, you know, it's funny how they're different with kids sometimes than they are with us adults. Uh, so the kids responded well to him as well. You took him into a hospital. Did you say that?
4: No, no, the, one oh. of the children who was going in for a serious cancer <gasps> Oh,
1: took in the briar? The model of them. The oh, Breyer good. Model, of course. I was trying to picture that diaper and those, you know, rubber <laughs> boots. Or <laughs> That's a good Arabian. You know,
4: but I think that, you, they take dogs and little yeah, you know, ponies true. in, and uh, not back then, but maybe nowadays it would work, but I did. When I Good felt scene. like you know I needed to retire him from endurance racing because he mm-hmm. still he still was a horse that would pull your arms out of your sockets, mm-hmm. I retired him to um, near me was the National Ability Center where children, handicapped children, could get riding lessons and he um, he really was their inspiration. You yeah. know they all wanted um, an honor statue. And his inspiration, they all wanted to ride Omner and he was as gentle as a kitten with those, um, children.
1: Yeah. You know? That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. They know. They know. And They, you know, I, I always say these flight animals just know more about, um, about our, they're more in tune with us than, than carnivores are. And, uh, they do physiologically really help us out too. So uh, you hinted to me that there might be a book coming out about his life. Tell me is are we well, are premature yeah, in announcing that?
4: It, no, it's it's been um put, put together okay. and it's a it's a target, you know, young riders, uh, young girls maybe oh, ages 10 to uh um
1: 54, or 55,
4: maybe. 14, you know, when you were reading um National Velvet and the Black Stallion. And,
1: Beverly, you know. I still love those books. I'd have I to still push it to too. 50. <laughs> I, I think that's, too. that's terrific. Yeah, no, I mean, there, you know, there's a bunch of us that don't admit it to anyone outside of our circle, but we love those. We still love all those stories, too. Um You know, uh, and Shy Boy, uh, Dad's Mustang, you know, became a briar, too. And he is so inspirational to the kids, too. And and, uh, he just knows. He just – you don't even have to put a halter on him. He just follows them around and is good. One thing that we've done with Shy Boy is watch his diet so well, too, so – I'm really curious because you know those mustangs they have compromised intestinal systems because of their uh, early life on the on the Nevada plains but what I am just curious to drill down a little bit about what you fed um AA Omner to get you know back do you have a stable name for him did you always uh, call no. I just called them Omner. Omner. Okay, all right. I don't want to say something that yeah. sounds odd to you. Um, what did you do? What did what supplements what feed? What did you do that was holistic about it? We're all going to be curious.
4: Well, back in the um early days back there, it wasn't so prolific that you, you know, could find holistic uh, uh, probiotics or vitamins or anything at your local feed store. I mean, mm-hmm. it was I wasn't just Gotten involved with a company up in Idaho. Do you want me to say the name? It's okay. Uh, Yeah, and it was called Dynamite. And, uh, they were very, 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 um, um, particular on where they grew their grains and, and, you know, uh, you know, any additives in the soil back then and what Mm -hmm. kind of product. And it was very synergetic and balanced formula. Mm -hmm. And I switched him to that. They were going to sponsor me for I was going to be on one of the U.S. Pan American teams, and mm-hmm. I had, so I had to call the sponsor, who was one of our team sponsors, saying, "Jim, I can't do this. My horse, he's sick, and I, my vets say he's all going to die." And he goes, "Oh no, he's not. Here, let's just switch his diet." Wow. You know, and it, and it didn't take very long for him to turn around when. Because he had a mission,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, he loved so you. He, yeah. So, so what do, you, who do you, I have a very strong horse. Yeah, and, and I know that you have another horse that was a national champion, best condition, which you're really proud of. That was Jolly Sickle, I have my, in my notes. Is that right? Yeah, Yes. Yeah.
4: So I competed on him for the last three years. And, um, and I'm just a little scrawny featherweight rider in best condition. <laughs> Is a, you know, a combination of time and how the horse looks at the finish line and your weight, you know, a heavyweight, um, 280 pound rider should get more wow. points than, <laughs> you know, than a little 120 pound rider with her saddle, you know, so, <laughs> but we did and we achieved all that and, and, you know, diets have changed, but I still use, uh, several of the dynamite products and, uh, Omega fields and, you know, and, and, uh, I think there's just some good, pro- depending on the weather, you know, the cold, yeah. hot, I mean, just a lot of things come into play mm-hmm. when you're competing. Um,
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah I, I know Omega fields is one that my mom had uh, supplemented with too, and she was amazed by that too. So, and I know you, uh, I think you, you're sponsored by them, too, so I'm glad yeah. to bring their name it up really, too
4: It really is obvious they love the product. I've never had one horse one of my competing horses who never who turned up his nose uh to it at all. They love it engulf it, and it's obvious the results yeah. So, yeah
1: yeah they're really they're good tasting and all natural i like their I like their philosophies too exactly. um so what do you what's on for this summer? What are you doing? Uh, coming up and what can we watch for and how can we follow you?
4: Oh, great. Um, hmm. Actually, there's a lot of new rides in just in my uh, area here. And I've got a new horse coming on, you oh. know, that I just started training. So hmm. he gets to ride not in the front right now. He gets mm-hmm. to learn and ride in the back and eventually get up to the front. And
1: well, that's you know, interesting. So so you you you're using those mentors ahead of him to teach him his pace and his his yeah. behavior. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like
4: and that. you know what's there's his a, name? A lot of new trails that I've never ridden. I've only been on you know big race courses or big name races for so long that I want to do some local races that I've never ridden before. Oh, so fun! That's how I'm going to introduce this horse to the sport and get him going.
1: Okay, what's his name so we can follow along a little bit? Uh,
4: his name is Indy
1: we have a lot of great riders on this radio show too that talk about how you ride your horse makes all the difference even in weight um you know you could be a little bit heavier a little bit lighter whatever and get a lot of strength we saw those jockeys recently uh you know on racehorses too and the ones that really consistently win ride their horse better <laughs> than the last guy so uh, you know i i watch you in those uh those endurance races, uh, those little videos they have across there. And, um, you don't even look like you're a ripple up there, which is quite the credit to you.
4: Well, it makes you feel better. I mean, when you get off at the end, whether it's a hundred or 250 miles or 25 Uh, miles, you know, you feel better because you're working with the horse.
1: Spoken as a true champion, Beverly, I'm, I'm really pleased to have you on and let everybody go see for themselves what you do and, um, and study up a little bit on endurance riding and maybe get involved. It'd be great. And I'd love to have you back for a trainer's tip too. If if you have the time to come back and give us a little bit of your wisdom and willingness to share, would you do that? I'd
4: love it. I'd love it. Anytime, Debbie, anytime. This has been really, really, really fun to share. Thank you. Some of my stories and some of the horses that I just, I love. And I thank them every day for sharing what they teach me.
1: Thanks for joining us, Beverly Gray, professional endurance rider.
3: Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider, it doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forum, and there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at com.
0: Well, it was fun to meet her. I've heard about her for a long time, and I've never had an opportunity to, to chat with her, to hear an interview with her, so it was so good. She is a living legend when it comes to eventing, and her horse, of course, is as well. Well, you can find her website at BevGray, G-R-A-Y-U-S-A dot com. And, of course, she talked about Omega Fields, and you can find them at OmegaFields.com, all of their terrific products over there. You You know, you have talked to a couple of different riders now that are using Omega Fields for their horses, and they're champions. So there you go.
1: And their champions, isn't that a theme going on? Yeah, they've got something going on there that's really special. I, I first knew about this through my mom, and uh, she she told me hands down there was just something really special about what's going on with their uh, their formulations. and I, th- I think honestly, it's the way they source and grow. So I'm really happy to hear another champion using the same thing my mom is using and many and uh, we had uh, we had Lee and Hallie Hansen on here too barrel races completely different um, discipline and training you know regimen and here they are competing at the highest level and recovery time is just amazing with the Omega fields
0: and I wanted to mention too that not only do they have horse products but they have dog products chicken products do you know that chickens are the fastest growing? Uh, pet in america pet no i didn't (laughs) yes there are more chickens that's the fastest growing one people are getting chickens because a lot of municipalities are allowing them now i see so people are getting backyard chickens everywhere and then also they have people products so head over to Omegafields.com.
1: marty irby began riding tennessee walking horses at the age of three and he showed for the first time at the 1984 Trainer Show in Atlanta, Georgia, aboard Carbon Princess. In 2006, Marty won his first world championship in the English Trail Pleasure Division aboard the Lady of the Ritz. And he's also won sev- seven additional world titles in the Western Trail Pleasure and a full-paid scholarship to the University of South Alabama, where he earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in communication. And Marty is now an advocate for equine protection and a member of Friends of Sound Horses, or we know it as FOSH. Welcome, Marty Irby. First time to Horsemanship Radio. I'm really excited to have you on. How are you?
2: Great, great. Thank you, Debbie, so much for having me today. It's so wonderful to be discussing equine issues with you.
1: Yeah. Well, you're a great one. Uh, you, as we said in the intro, you have been a lifelong horseman uh, and pretty much, I think, with Tennessee Walking Horses your whole life. Is that right?
2: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I did for a few years ride quarter horses and even took a uh, hunter jumper lessons for about three weeks, but that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was- I love the walking horse and have been so fortunate to Know so many great people around the world and work with people like you and your dad, and uh, it's just it's been a blessing in my life.
1: Thank you very much. That's very nice. Well, um, I'm, I really appreciate you staying in the horse industry your whole life. We lose a lot of really good young men sometimes in this industry. We need more good men in this industry, and uh, uh, love the women, but they you know we need more good men. So I know Absolutely. that you're. You're part of FOSH, Friends of Sound Horses, and and that really comes from your upbringing and the love of of the horses. Tell people who might not know what Friends of Sound Horses is uh, standing for these days.
2: Oh, yes. Actually, um, it's uh, headquartered in Missouri. I joined uh, several years ago as a lifetime member, and their mission is basically to help promote the sound horse, uh, horse shows, not only Tennessee walking horses, gated horses in general, uh, Missouri Foxtrotters, and uh, it's a really good organization.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. And 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 that came out of uh, a willingness to protect. You're you're an advocate for equine protection, as we said, and uh, and that really is a gathering place for for all people. What are your roots in in the training of horses that uh, you know gets you to love horses so much? What is it? Was it just did you go into it for ribbons, or did you go into it because it was a family business? Why did, why did you get into horses?
2: Well, you know, it was definitely a family thing. My grandfather was a veterinarian in South Alabama and obtained his first Tennessee walking horse in 1955. Mm. Uh, Someone owed him a vet bill and he traded the horse for the vet bill. And so my family has been involved ever since. Uh, That's actually how my parents met is through horses. And uh, my great-grandfather, my mother's side, was the sheriff of our county. And Mm. he rode uh, several different types of breed of horses, but in the Mardi Gras parades in Mobile, Alabama, and also in a group called the Sheriff's Posse they started that uh, did a lot of the parades in that area. So uh, actually, I grew up in it. I do not ever remember riding for the first time or even learning how to ride. I was so young. Mm,
1: Yeah, that's great. That's most of our family, too. I think there's a lot of generational horse people in that boat, too, and isn't it a great way to grow up?
2: Oh, yes, it is. And and I love the horses, you know, uh, just growing up. Uh, number one, I think they kept me out of a lot of trouble, I'm sure. <laughs> and I uh, wasn't into a lot of the things the other kids learned, but uh, just got to know a lot of horse people and go to horse shows. And several of my lifelong friends have all uh, come through the horses. And it's uh, just, you know, a great thing to be involved
1: with. Mm-hmm. Now, were your parents, kind of like my parents were, you, you were out there, you were feeding, you were grooming, you were mucking stalls, you were doing it all?
2: Oh, yes, yes. You know, uh, well, they first put me on a horse when I was about three years old, and I started showing when I was four. And then growing up, uh, we also did a lot of trail riding. I still trail ride today. Um, Hmm. But we were cleaning stalls, my brother and I both. Um, Probably somewhere around the age of nine or ten, I I think they gave me a pitchfork. I was definitely mucking stalls, feeding horses in the morning before school, so we had to get up very early. And then, uh, you know, as soon as school was done, I was headed to the barn. That's what mm. I basically looked forward to all day, each day. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and do you remember some of your favorite horses when you were young? Were they all Tennessee walking horses at that, that young age?
2: Yes, yes, they were. Uh, you know, one horse in particular, which uh, was actually the very first horse that I ever started under saddle on my own, um, and I I'm probably was 10 or 12, something like that. Her name was Marks, Nut, and Honey. And she was, of course, a flat-shod Tennessee walking horse we showed in Trail Pleasure. And uh, she is still alive today. She's somewhere in her 20s. And a good friend of mine in Mobile, Alabama still has her and uh, has bred her. And she's had foals. And uh, her nickname was Prissy, but she was just such a great horse. And uh, she was like a puppy dog to me. And, uh, you know, another horse that I had that I was very, very fond of, uh, with the first horse I ever showed, Carbon Princess, um, and I was there with her. She had been retired from the show ring. Uh, some people actually out in California had purchased her as a mm-hmm. broodmare, mare, and she would not get full, so they gave her back to me, and we uh-huh. brought her back to Alabama and uh, let her live out her days, and I was there with her the night she died and just laid in the hallway with her. She was in her 20s, I believe, when she died as well.
1: Oh yeah, that was the Carbon Princess we introduced you with. That's awesome. That was the the one that you won the nineteen eighty four Trainers Show in Atlanta on, correct?
2: Well, I, I didn't win. I was third place, but that's the first okay. time I ever, I think I ever showed there. So.
1: Uh, oh, I see. That's right. That's right. Great. Well, great. And and do you 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 said you do a little trail riding now? Have you do you get to ride a little bit?
2: I do. You know, now I'm actually located in Washington D.C. So. Uh, it's hard to get out of the city, but I am fortunate enough to have some good walking horse friends in Maryland and Virginia, and I'm able to go trail riding every few months or so. Uh probably been several months, but um am hoping to go this summer a few times.
1: Good, good. Yeah, it's beautiful country out there to ride around in, yeah?
2: It is. It is so beautiful. And Virginia, you know, I, until I moved here about a year and a half ago, i really never spent much time in this area, but... Uh, There's a lot of forces in especially southern Maryland, northern Virginia, and uh, so many places to go and historical places to trail ride, things like that.
1: Oh, where do you recommend? So for anybody in in that part of the world who's hearing this maybe for the first time, where do you recommend that you go out and do some great trail riding in Maryland?
2: Well, you know, there's several of the parks that they have, the National Park System. Uh, I've probably actually ridden more in Virginia down in Orange County, Virginia, is a great mm-hmm. place to ride. Uh, it's probably just about an hour and a half from Washington, um, and there are a number of places. You know, I, I tell you what's interesting: a lot of people go trail riding uh, around the areas where the Civil War battles were, right. and there were there were so many of them in this area. It's you know kind of great to go ride and visit, revisit history and things like that when you're going. Yeah. So, yeah, that I, would, I would be definitely good, recommend right? checking with the Park Service will. In there. And there are a number of private facilities to go to as well. Mm -hmm.
1: That'd be cool. So now I want people who haven't experienced riding a Tennessee walking horse. Tell me what that feels like when you're picturing yourself out on those trails.
2: Well, you know, a Tennessee walking horse has a very natural four beat gait. And what you want the horse to do is nod their head, shake their head in rhythm with the stride in their back leg. And it's what they call the glide ride, a lot of people say. Um, it's very, very smooth. Uh, if you're on a Tennessee walking horse that's performing the gate correctly, you should not be bouncing in any way. Um, there are so many people who have grown up wanting a horse, uh, never had one, retirees a lot of times that are able, you know, because of back problems, things like that, they may not be able to ride other breeds. And a mm-hmm. Tennessee walking horse is the horse they end up with.
1: Yeah, it's smooth as silk. I I just, yeah, I yes. can't, oh, can't, yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Now I've I've ridden Peruvian Pasos and some of the other gated horses, Rockies and stuff. Have you been able to get on other gated to to kind of compare with that?
2: I have. Well, of course, I've ridden a number of spotted saddle horses, racking horses as well. Um, I have actually never ridden a paso or uh, a Rocky Mountain, but mm-hmm. uh, I have an open invitation from a few. There you go. Take together. them up
1: on it. Yeah, yeah. You should do that. You should do that. You, you should do that because I, I think the future of the, the walking horse breed is in this, um, you know, this population of people who really appreciate them. And I, you know, I want people to get out there and, and try different breeds too. Uh, you know, we kind of tend to get into our little, um, niche, uh, breeds. And I don't know what that is about. No, no, no. I only ride Morgans. You know, what are you talking about? Or quarter horses or, you you know how we do, but, um, I I want people to experience that breed. And I want to hear a little bit through your eyes, what that, what that whole, tell me about the, the mind of the Tennessee walking horse.
2: Well, you know, they're so calm and gentle and nice to be around. Now, are you um, just
1: saying that? Are you saying that? because No, to no, they me. really are.
2: But even <laughs> okay, even okay. the stallions are, and, and I love all three. I love all horses, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually just went to watch the derby at Timlico where ah. the greatness will be in a few weeks. And I'm going there in a few weeks. So I'm comparing this because you know how hot-blooded uh, thoroughbreds are. And so oh, many people true. talk about that. Yeah. These horses, are just so calm to be around from the time they're born, even the stallions that is uh, three or four, or five, six years old in their prime. Uh, some of them who have even been shred before, they are really calm, easy to deal with, gentle-natured. I had a horse one time, and uh, his name was Lion King. And I think I had him... I, I first I bought him as a yearling in 2007. He was a sorrel, black, man and tail horse. Beautiful horse we showed in Trail Pleasure. And uh, I had him until he was three years old. He was a stallion. And, I mean, he literally... Just played with a ball in the stall. You could put your hand in his mouth. He'd just play with your hand. He'd never bite you, never do anything. He was like a puppy dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so, uh, I was amazed when I went back to Tennessee and saw how many breeding stallions were actually performance horses still, too. And not at the highest level, even. Uh, pretty, not that I'm advocating that everybody run out and keep their uh, horses intact. But for that breed, I think that was an anomaly, though. I think it was pretty, pretty amazing.
2: Very true, very true. And I know we enjoyed, I remember, I think we went trail riding uh, while you all were down in Tennessee uh, through the mountains at uh, Waterfall Farms there and yep. had a good time. And uh, there are a lot of people that can even trail ride the mm-hmm. And uh, that's, you know, hard to find in other breeds, especially if you have people with sallions, mares, and Geldings all on a trail ride together.
1: Yeah, it it is so beautiful there, too. That was part of that whole Civil War thing, too, just seeing, gosh, little plaques around and where people – and out here in California, everything is new. I mean, there just is no history out here other than, look, Jennifer Rosero founded another mission. That's about it. That's all we have out here. So it's fun to go back east and, and do the rides out there into the country. And, uh, and I understand you're going to be heading out our way to California, too. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing. I don't know much about your, your schedule.
2: Yes, actually, I am judging the Mayfest Horse Show, which okay. is in California, and uh, that's at Brookside Equestrian Facility, May 29th through the 31st at the end of this month. Uh, it's a, a great show. Uh, it's all, you know, sound, natural, flat shot, Tennessee, walking horses. Uh, I believe they're going to have Missouri Foxtrotters and patinos uh, I'm just judging the gated and walking horse classes. They've got open gated breed classes, Peruvians. Uh, they've got pole bending, cowboy dressage, model classes, mm-hmm. Western equitation dressage, and the list goes on. And there's just so many great uses for walking horses that people can you know, doing the show ring and competition, and in addition to trail riding. So it's really a great show. Uh, if you'd like to check out more information on it, okay. actually go to ncwha.com. That's uh, the Northern California Walking Association.
1: Okay, Dot .com. So tell me the name of the town it's in again.
2: It's in Elk Grove, California, which I believe is somewhere near Sacramento.
1: Okay, Oak oh, Grove, California.
2: I've, I've only yeah. been to California twice, and both times we've <laughs> this is my <laughs> third trip.
1: Oh, exciting. Okay, good. Well, it might be a little warm out there, but it's May 29 through 31. That's not too bad. And it's the website is ncwha.com. I hope we get to get a lot of people out there to see all that amazing work. That sounds great. Absolutely. Thanks again for yeah. joining us too, Marty. It was really fun to introductory voyage here on Horsemanship Radio. I hope we get to have you back. I'd love to have you back for a trainer's tip. Um, you know, some Oh, nugget
4: yeah, that I'd you be glad to Would you come
1: back okay. anytime? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. We'll do that, and um, and we'll follow you and follow your advocacy. And glad that you're a FOSH uh, advocate. And we'll we'll be rooting for the Tennessee Walking Horse out there and a lot of fans.
2: Well, thank you so much, Debbie. I appreciate the coverage you all are giving to the Tennessee Walking Horse, and I know I was able to hear Carl Bledsoe, uh Yes, the spots you did with him and but we just appreciate you doing this for the breed of horse that we all love so
1: much. You're welcome. It's a great breed. Our trainer's tips today comes from Hannah Campbell in Georgia, USA, and how not to create a cinchy horse. Welcome back, Hannah Campbell Zeplatel. Thanks again for agreeing to come back to our trainer's tip. We um we have a fine collaboration now of wonderful trainers but we do not have one from you and I would love to get because you ha- you work with so many kids and you've worked with horses your whole life I'd love to know what's inside your mind that you that resonates with people when when you teach this and you really know it's a great tip for people
5: Wonderful thank you I'm so delighted to be back I have a quick Quick tip for you guys, especially when it comes to saddling. Most of the time I see when people are tacking their horse is they take the girth or the cinch, depending on if you ride Western or English, and they just crank it down as hard as they can, as fast as they can, leap on their horse and ride away into the sunset. Sure. The downside to that is that it does a tremendous amount of damage to your horse's back when you do that. It also can create a buck with a young horse especially, it can also make horses cinchy and sour to the girth. If you see you coming with the saddle and they have their ears pinned out flat, Mm. I always like to tell people to pretend you're putting your jeans on out of the dryer. They're (laughs) usually tighter. You don't just zip them up and walk out the door, at least I don't. You end up doing some little squats or some little, you know, pull your leg out and kind of get them loosened up a little bit before you put, you know, put your belt on and walk out the door. So treat your girth like you would a pair of tight pants. Don't just zip them and walk out the door. You might burst something. Instead, (laughs) take your time, do it up in a couple of different stages. Put the saddle on, put the girth on so that it's snug but not tight. Put your bridle on, tighten it up again a little bit more, then walk out to your mounting block or wherever you're going to get on, tighten up one last time, and then swing aboard. It'll save you and your horse a tremendous amount of anguish over over the girth.
1: That's a great tip, Hannah. I love that, and I love the visual too. I, I, At least
5: I know for I, me, I don't. I need loose jeans. So.
1: I, I need loose jeans right away, especially to get on that saddle. You know that stiff-legged. Uh, 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 oh, we haven't exactly. stretched the jeans exactly. <laughs> I <laughs> remember growing up, they were so tight that you literally laid on the bed, got a pair of yeah. pliers out, and zipped. Okay, yeah. we're telling telling stories now.
5: <laughs> exactly, beating ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that is a great tip, though. A lot of people do, um, you know, you're in a hurry, you're riding five horses a day or something, and you do, and you grab that, and you just go too quickly um, on up that scale. Walk them a couple of times around and and get them, get them a little used to those jeans. I like that. Things.
5: Exactly.
1: Thanks for coming on back and giving us our trainer's tip for this week.
5: You are so very welcome. Thank you for having me. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on
2: here?
0: Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
1: Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in... May, he's going to have the International Conference of Monty's Certified Instructors at Flag Farms in California. That's the 14th through the 16th. And then jump to June. He's 5 through 7. He's going to have another Horse Sense and Healing, and that's free for combat veterans and first responders that are diagnosed with stress injuries. That's June 5 through 7. And then June 25 through July 1, we have a special Monty's Special Training. And that's because it has Portuguese translation included in it. So we have all our friends from Portugal and Brazil coming in, and Monty will speak English as well. So also the English speakers can join that. And then we have July 6th through 17, we have a very first time Gentling Wild Horses course, and that's open to all levels at Flagazette Farms. July 16th 6 through 17 is Gently Wild Horses. And then the classic, August 3 through 7. I wait all year long for this. The Monty's Special Training at Flag is Up Farms. No Portuguese included on this one. It's a wonderful time, August 3 through 7.
0: See more at MontyRoberts.com about Monty's calendar, or you can give them a call at one 688 6288 That's 805 688 Six two eight eight, And for details about today's show, go to HorsemanshipRadio.com, where you can find the links, photos, and more information about our guests. And as always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook uh, at Facebook.com slash Monty Roberts, or at Twitter at Twitter.com slash Monty underscore Roberts. And don't forget, the easiest and simplest way to listen to the Horsemanship Radio show is on the Horse Radio Network app ios or android just go to the app store and search for horse radio network it's one of eight different shows that you'll find there that's
1: great and many thanks to our sponsors and don't forget them they're they're make us possible be sure to visit all the other great shows on the horse radio network at www.horseradionetwork.com and until next time have many happy horse hours